0: It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio KCAW in Sitka. Today is Friday, May 13, 2022. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. 74 new coronavirus cases were reported in Sitka last week. That's a slight increase from the week before, according to data from the Alaska Department of Health and Social Services released on Wednesday. On Thursday, the Centers for Disease Control reported that Sitka's community alert level remained at medium for the third week in a row, meaning no new hospitalizations had been reported in the last seven days. Alaska reported its first cases of the highly pathogenic avian influenza on May 3rd, furthering the spread of what is now an international bird flu epidemic. In response to the rising number of cases, the Alaska Raptor Center in Sitka is temporarily suspending its bird rescue and rehabilitation services. Jennifer Cedarleaf is the avian director at the center.
1: They're saying like 99% chance that raptors that get it will die. So we're doing everything we can to protect them.
0: Bird flu is spread through contact with saliva or feces of an infected bird. Cedar Leaf says they've moved the eagles that live in the outdoor habitat into their cages to reduce their risk of exposure to the virus.
1: Unfortunately, that means that they're not on display for the public to see. But um, at this point, we're, we're more concerned about the safety of our birds.
0: Cedar Leaf says, unlike COVID, there's no fast test for the avian influenza. It can take up to two weeks to get the results from a sample. So far, no cases have been reported in Southeast, but Cedar Leaf believes that the Alaska Raptor Center may be the only organization in Southeast that's currently testing for the virus. So far, they've tested around 10 birds. All have come back negative. She says an eagle died in the Sitka National Historical Park earlier this week. They're waiting on test results, which she suspects could come back positive. Cedar Leaf says the virus doesn't like warm weather, and she's hopeful that cases will die down nationally once the summer hits. But Sitka's summers aren't really that warm.
1: It likes cold. It likes water. Uh, You can't kill it in the freezer. So once it gets warmer, they're hoping it will die down. And I keep asking them, well, what is warmer? Because we don't get that warm. (laughs) Is 65 degrees warm enough? I don't know. So um, I'm hoping that it will start to die down once it, once we get into the 60s on a more regular basis.
0: She says she thinks that at least for a while, Raptor Center staff will need to be on high alert.
1: It takes a lot of brain thought to remember to change your shoes before you go inside a building, to uh, make sure you're washing your hands constantly before you go from one bird to another bird. Um, it's just like... I'm sure very similar to what the medical profession was dealing with with COVID. You know, you don't want to spread it any more than you possibly can, you know. So it's, it's hard.
0: The center is still open for visitation, and while they're currently not accepting outside birds, if you encounter a sick or injured bird, you can call their emergency phone line at 907-738-8662. KTOO reporter Jeremy Shea has been digging into the transparency gap between the public and the cruise ships sailing in southeast waters this summer. KTOO's Yvonne Crumry talked with him on Wednesday. So, Jeremy, what kind of COVID information are cruise ships
2: sharing and who are they sharing it with?
3: So, all the big cruise ship companies have agreed to regularly share information about COVID with the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, that's the CDC, the U.S. Coast Guard, and the Alaska Department of Health and Social Services. Some of the guidelines I've seen show they're collecting, like, you know, lots of personal information that's protected, but uh, also information that could be summarized as public health metrics that a lot of us have become familiar with during the pandemic, stuff like case rates, hospitalization figures, and deaths.
2: Okay, so say I worked in tourism, could I look up how many cases are on a ship coming into town?
3: Yeah, not not really. Uh, Even though these government agencies are collecting this information, they're only publishing a few pieces of it. And what is getting out there isn't, isn't very helpful. Uh, the CDC has a system for color coding every ship every day, and it goes from green to red. Green means there's no COVID on board. Red means a ship's onboard medical capacity is overwhelmed. The Carnival Spirit, for example, which was in June over the weekend, has been in the orange category. It could mean as few as seven people are sick, or could be hundreds. Most ships in the CDC's program worldwide are in the orange category
2: earlier, you said the state is also getting COVID data from cruise ships. Are we seeing those numbers like on the state dashboard or is it anywhere that we can look them up?
3: Yeah, it's, it's pretty complicated. You know, you've got these ships that are moving through lots of different jurisdictions over a few days and lots of testing happening on board at different points in time and, and space. Sometimes a case comes up when the ship is at sea and it goes to the state, but it's not like there's a place on the website where you can go to see all the cases that are at sea or maybe someone tests positive in Skagway, but they're quarantined on the ship and not actually in Skagway anymore. Basically, the state health department says the COVID stats they publish are not a good tool for understanding cruise ship outbreaks or the kinds of impacts that they may or may not be having on the communities they visit. Here's Sue Schrader's takeaway. She's a longtime Juno resident who's been concerned about cruise ships for lots of reasons, but lately because of COVID.
1: Wow. For those of us living in a community who, who, you know, maybe want to avoid going into busy shops downtown when we've got a four or five cruise ship day because of potential exposure, we, you know, we don't have the information necessary to make those decisions.
3: Some cruise lines have been caught committing environmental crimes and lying about it in the past. So she's really skeptical about trusting the cruise lines with COVID.
2: So regular people don't really know what's going on on the cruise ships. Are the authorities who do know raising any alarms or telling anyone anything?
3: Yeah, there's there's not much that gets out. You know, in, in Juneau, for example, city officials are keeping an eye on hospitalization rates, which haven't really been impacted. You know, and I should say the cruise industry maintains that it is following all of the appropriate health and safety procedures. Uh, they should be able to deal with outbreaks themselves without burdening local health care systems. And then the passengers and crew on cruise ships, they're vaccinated at rates higher than the populations of the communities they're visiting. So generally, it should be safer to interact with, you know, random people off a cruise ship than random people in your own community. Uh, The state's top health officials recently described the cruise lines as good stewards in protecting public health on board and in the communities they visit.
0: Well, thank you so much, Jeremy. Yeah, sure. That was KTOO's Yvonne Crumry talking with reporter Jeremy Shea. Wrangell High School students designed and painted two pairs of sneakers for an art competition that continued to receive national acclaim. As KSTK's Sage Smiley reports, the shoes already won at least $15,000 for the school's art program and a chance to win more than triple that.
2: Along Wrangell's Front Street, almost every storefront has the same sign. It's miniaturized and taped to every till in the grocery stores downtown. Vote to help win $50,000 for the WHS art program, it says. Vote for Wrangell every day until May 6th. The signs have pictures of two pairs of painted Vans shoes as well. I'm so (laughs) excited. I'm just, uh... (laughs) ugh. Paige Baggin led the group of Wrangel art students that entered this year's Vans Custom Culture Contest, where high schools designed shoes to represent hometown pride and the legacy of one of the Vans' founders. The endeavor paid off. Wrangell was first accepted into a group of 250 competing schools, then the top 50 schools nationwide, and after a public vote, made the top five designs in the United States. Like, it feels really, really good to, like, I, I guess you that like, like everybody else in the community also thinks that like art is just as important as I think it is. All the community support, like it's really easy like when you're in the bubble of just like going to school, going home, doing homework, going to school, and then like the art program is suffering so much, it's really easy to like be like, oh, no one cares about art. Like, um, But no, so many other people feel like exactly the same way as I do. Like so many people can get it so important and just to see
1: like how the community has come together.
2: Wrangel community members made social media groups to remind people to vote each day for the Wrangel students' shoe designs. The two pairs of shoes, one pair with Wrangel sunset scenes, another with klinkett inspired formline art, beading, martin fur, and buttons, are proudly displayed in the window of a downtown Wrangel business. Like, all the support was really, really exciting. Former Wrangel students and community members spread the voting link coast to coast. Southeast Regional Native Corporation Sea Alaska and Alaska-based rock band Portugal the Man shared Wrangles' shoe designs. News organizations all over the state shared stories about Wrangell's shoes. Some students even got to meet U.S. Senator Lisa Murkowski, who posted a video with them on her social media. The students say they feel like Wrangell's success in this nationwide competition is an underdog story. Some of the top 50 schools came from communities of hundreds of thousands of people. Generously, Wrangell has about 2,300 people on the whole island. Here's senior Rowan Wheaterspoon.
3: It's great to see that even with a
2: small community, you can win a people's vote because um, it really just shows that like all you really have to do to succeed in life is to try. Art teacher Tasha Morse agrees. You have to dare to try. You have to dare to make mistakes. You have to put your neck out there, and that's what all of us have done. Like Nationwide, to be in the top five is astronomical. We have a high school population of 62 children, and that is not much. The art student spent hours brainstorming about what makes Wrangle special, then poured that into the design of two pairs of shoes. And Morse says she thinks it shows. The painted shoes have gained the school and the students wider attention than she ever thought was possible. She says when she got the email that Wrangle made the top five schools, she burst into tears. Really exciting completely surreal. This is probably, like, the most surreal thing that's ever happened in my life. Like, these kinds of things happen to other people. Other people go on game shows and win money. Other people win contests. Other people do this. It's not something that happens to people like us here in Wrangle. You know, it just feels really surreal. Junior Cassidy Cowan says she feels like the Vans Custom Culture competition has put Wrangell on the map. Just a little town yeah. not even known on a map. You have to tell someone where you were. Just a little island turned into bigger than we ended up. As one of the top five schools in the Vans Custom Culture competition this year, Wrangell has already won $15,000 for its art program and is in the running to win a $50,000 grand prize. The top school will also win a visit from Vans officials and a school-wide barbecue, among other prizes. The winner of this year's competition will be announced next week, the week of May 16th. In Wrangell,
0: I'm Sage Smiley. I'm Brooke Schaefer and this has been Raven News.